Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kenny Thomas is funny on That's TV. We got to talk to Kenny, man. Hey, well, it's been so long, man. We got to talk to Kenny. I don't think we've ever had. Kenny's the only. <laughs> I think Kenny's the only dude in the broadcast team we haven't had on the show. <laughs> We gotta talk to Kenny, man. Kenny was at the Sac State game on Saturday. Was he? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but he was, he was there. Yeah, it's great. to see some good basketball. Just like I don't know. Oh, the Brandon. basketball game. Yeah, I was yeah. I was thinking the playoff. game. No, he was at the basketball game. On okay. Saturday. I don't know no. why Brandon Ayuk was at the game on Friday, but he was there. All right. He didn't even stay to the end either. I don't think. No. How you come all the way? It's from, on that D'Lo schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But. How you come all the way from Santa Clara and not stay to the end of the game? I don't know. He oh had well. To, he had to get home. I, I, I'm <laughs> the not D-Lo sure. schedule. <laughs> I, just, just, I can't get over that. There are so many segments. So I just can't get over Drapes. He asked Kenny something, and Kenny wouldn't give him an answer. And he was like, you don't go to the barber shop and just say, give me whatever. You go in there and tell them how you want your haircut. Tell me how the Kings are playing right now. Kenny hates yes or no questions. <laughs> Oh man. oh, man. I think we got to we do got to get Kenny on the show just to see how it goes. I think it'll go great, man. I know it'll go great. I think it'll go great. We'll go get Kenny to loosen up. Yeah, man. Kenny's going to have a good time on here. My Kenny Thomas story is I met Kenny Thomas like in close settings like five times, four or okay. five times. And every time, nice to meet you. <laughs> like, man, I am the least memorable dude on the planet. It's just... <laughs> And it's not like they're years apart either. Right. Like they're like, like weeks. Last Saturday. Yeah, like who was at your restaurant? Never mind. Never mind. All right, PL Ray. <laughs> nah, it can it just rest. <laughs> it's just, just it doesn't need rest. to rest. It doesn't need to rest in peace. Just just R. <laughs> just R L Ray. R. L. Ray. Just R. Nothing else. Just just rest. <laughs> just R. rest. Ray. I did have a great night oh, there with Marty man. McNeil, though. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I had, I had some fun there with Marty there. I, I had some fun. Yeah. That place, well, I never ate there. I heard that was part of the problem. I ate there. It was okay. Okay. It, I wasn't like, oh, my gosh, I got to go back. But it was like, all right, cool. It, all the times I went there, it was perfectly fine. The ambiance was cool. It was good times. I went there after, I think, the Jay-Z concert and I, after one, one of the games. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two times I think I was ever there. Yeah. I think I was there a handful of times. It was good vibes when I was there, but obviously when I wasn't there, it was not good vibes. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. not good vibes. Yeah. I heard Kenny once had, like, water he was trying to market. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to market water. Can we look this up? Can we look up Kenny Thomas' water? I'm positive. <laughs> I have it on good authority. Kenny once had a, a L. Ray a H2O. <laughs> a water company he was trying to market. Um, all right, you heard Drapes, man. It is the Sacramento Kings and the Philadelphia 76ers in Philly tonight, just yeah. about uh, just a little under uh, 90 minutes away. We talked about Joel Embiid, and, yeah, Drapes has seen a lot of Joel Embiid, mm. you know, dating back to his time with the Boston Celtics. And, yeah, I, I thought that's an interesting note, double him when he puts the ball on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He's so, in the, and I've said this before, you know, the thing that's really stood out about Sabonis for, for me this year is how strong he is. And there's only a handful of guys in the league who are as strong or stronger. And Joel's in that handful. <laughs> like, yeah. Joel's one of those few guys uh, in the league who's going to be able to body up uh, with Devonta Sabonis. And when he drops that shoulder back, it, it, it's not going to matter. And and the other the other thing about that is the 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 height, the size. Like he can body with Sabonis and then shoot over the top of him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some of those guys, they you know they can get physical with them. 
But, you know, Sabonis is about the same size as them, and he can still deter the shot. I'm not saying he can't deter uh, Joel Embiid's shot, but Joel seven one, seven one. This guy can – I don't know what to do with him. Like I said, maybe you double him. I think he's a better passer than those, those you know, wars that he had with Boston. Um, so – he may Joel's be, a better passer than he used to be. Yeah. Okay. So he may be a little more equipped to to handle that, but I, that's a good call by by uh, Drapes. I think that's your best opportunity. You double him, and you make the um, you know the others beat you. You know whether it's Harden or Thibel or PJ Tucker. You know um, Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. I like him a lot better than other people do, but you know maybe you have to see if he can go for thirty something tonight. Mm. Okay. Try not to get in foul I'll, trouble with him either. Yeah, so that's the that's 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 the other thing, you know, with Alex Lynn out, who's I think a little bit more maybe not a little bit is quite a bit more physical mm-hmm. than Rashawn Holmes. Mm-hmm. Um you won't have him who we speculated on using six fouls. Yeah. You got like yeah. if you got to get out there and use him like you you got to use them. It's probably uh, that much more imperative. It was imperative whether Alex Lynn was available or not for Devonta Sabonis to not get in foul trouble. And I wonder, you know, Drape said, you know, kind of a statement game for this team right here. I wonder what this game means, you know, if Devonta Sabonis is able to turn up a little bit. And I'm not mm-hmm. talking about outplay Joel Embiid. Again, it's an MVP caliber season. He's, he's leading the league in scoring, for goodness sake. This is a center mm-hmm. leading the league in scoring. But if Sabonis is able to go out there and go toe to toe with Joel Embiid, I, I I feel like a I feel like you know as fun as the beam is, and you know the Kings look at the way that they're playing, I don't think Sabonis is getting the attention that he really deserves for what he's doing for the team this year. Agreed. And a performance, a big performance against Joel Embiid could potentially change that. Yeah. I Even agree. though this is a league pass game for you know most of the league. Yeah, I think. Uh... I think the Kings. I think the Kings got a got a got a real shot tonight. I think that I'm not. I'm gonna get off the fence. I'm not gonna Kenny Thomas this thing. I think they're gonna. Win. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're gonna win tonight. Um, the Kings are capable of winning every game that they play. Mm-hmm. The Kings are capable of winning every time they step on the floor. Like that's that's kind of. I don't know when that realization hit, uh, but it hit a hit a while ago. I mm-hmm. thought I thought they competed well against the Bucks. The Bucks turned it on. I don't. I don't think Philadelphia can do that the way Milwaukee did, especially as you heard Drapes mention. Like Milwaukee's, uh, excuse me, Philadelphia is missing some guys. Yeah, that's the thing about it. Now James Harden can, right? But it's always, you know, I, and I understand James Harden is just coming back. He's still kind of, you know, kind of getting back into the groove a little bit, but. Even when he's not, you don't really know exactly what version of James Harden you're going to get. Right. Uh, he's always going to be a scorer, but is he going to score, you know, 25 on 20 shots? Mm-hmm. Or is he going to score 25 on eight? Because mm. he's, <laughs> he's capable of doing that. Yeah. He's capable of doing both. And I really haven't watched him much over the last three Philadelphia games. To mm-hmm. I, saw, I, think, I think I saw one of those three. I really don't know how he fits into this right now. Yeah, and to a certain degree, I look at James right now, and he's kind of finding it, trying to fit fit into what's going on here, which I, is the right thing for him to do, by the way. Yeah. Rather than coming back and trying to force himself into, yeah. but it's a an it's a it's a little bit of a fine line because Philly still needs him to be twenty five points per game, James Harden. Like he's got to find a way to still have impactful numbers on the offensive end while not being the number one option. So he's, I think he's trying to figure that out. Um, and especially like in crunch time, figure that out. Like, mm. all right, I'm going to get the ball to Joel, and now I'm spot-up guy. Uh, he's trying to figure some things out. Well, I mean, you said Joe, Joe's a better passer than he used to be. Mm. That's not a bad role to have. No. And Devonta Sabonis is a great example of it. Kevin Herter is a great example for James Harden as to why that's not necessarily – a bad thing. And they're probably there, meaning defenses are probably going to pay more attention to James Harden than even they would Kevin Herter, who I'd really like to see. Uh, he doesn't even have to get hot tonight. Get warm, though. Mm. Yeah. 
I need I need I need her to I need my boy Kayvon to show up. Yeah, I need that. I don't need the frost on the lawn, uh, <laughs> Kevin Hurt. And he's had it, like I I don't feel like he's gotten going from three, but he has shot better mm-hmm. uh, overall over the last handful of games. Uh, I had the numbers pulled up here a few minutes ago. It's not nearly as ice cold. Well, you 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 go back to that one against Chicago, not. Who that was one of eleven, but since then, mm. just from three, three of six, three of seven, you know, he was two of nine in that New York one, um, but seven of fifteen, six of sixteen. I, I need, I need, I need that ten of nineteen. Kevin Herter back, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think, I think you get it tonight. I think you get a good game from him, Malik Monk, and Terrence Davis. Oh well, then the Kings win. Yeah. I don't think there's a scenario where you get a good game from all of those guys and the Kings don't win. I agree. Uh, yeah, that's 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 winning formula for the Sacramento Kings. But I don't know how many games that they've had where all of those guys have gotten hot. It's almost a scary thing about this team, right? Like, sure. They, I don't know. Can we say they've all played well at the same time? That's why I, I don't for an think so. Period of time. I don't think so. But I don't know that. Like I don't know that for a fact. Like yeah. I'd go through all of these box scores and we can find out. No game sticks out of my head, but you've had one where, well, the one game two, is probably <laughs> probably the Nets. That's what it looks like when they're all. Good. Well, that was Terrence, but what it? I don't recall I think what Herder might have had. Up. Like they had anywhere. They both had like seventeen to twenty. One of the two. That's what well, it I can like tell you. All, Let's see. November. When they're all cooking. Uh, Kevin Herder. Yo. Yeah, Kevin Herter was 7 of 10 that night, 5 of 7 from 3 for 19. <laughs> Terrence, we all know what Terrence did that night. Malik was Malik, he had 17, right? Malik was 6 of 9 and 1 of 2 from 3, and he finished with 15. 15. Uh, it was Domas that had uh, 17. Harrison had 16 that night. But, yeah, just uh, the three names that you're speaking of, uh, Kevin, Malik Monk, and, and Terrence Davis. And Fox didn't go crazy that game. 14. Yeah. I think if the, if those three – see, the reason why I say that with those three because they're probably hitting jump shots. Mm-hmm. So if they're hitting jump shots with equals, they're hitting threes, that feeds into kind of the things that I talk about well, with this team, hitting the three sh- three ball. Again, man, that, that might be something worth discussing further because you look at Malik and the, the, using this game as an example. Again, he was six of nine. He finished with uh, – what did I just say? 15, 15. But he was only one of two from three. Mm. Now, I did, now I, I don't know how many of those other shots were jump shots, but what it did um, I might have this wrong. Did did Terrence and Kevin Arter hit twelve combined? Twelve combined threes. threes. Yeah, <laughs> they were. So those three hit for thirteen threes that night. They were twelve <laughs> of seventeen. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Bruh, if those 13 th- of 19 if, if you count Malik's if two. those three are hitting I'll just say eight to ten threes in a game you know the Kings the are Kings. winning like yeah. and I guess so that's what it looks like when the King when those guys are hitting all at once you win by 50 on national <laughs> television or whatever it is we'll come back uh Jason Jones joins us as we continue here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320 hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No, no, no. Back to D-Lo and KC. D-Lo and KC. On ESPN 1320. Uh, Jason Jones, big wrestling fan, set to join us coming up here uh, in just a couple of minutes. Of course, he's a writer over at The Athletic, as well as Kenny Carraway's co-host on the J Street Vibes podcast, yeah, yeah. which is available we be podding. right now, uh, wherever you get podcasts from. I uh, yeah. was able to catch the new episode uh, this morning in which De'Aaron Fox was a big focal point of, of, of conversation. For those just tuning in, De'Aaron Fox is, in fact, back tonight. Against the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, that's set to tip off a little bit over uh, one hour from now. And that's a, obviously a game changer for this team. You know, the addition of De'Aaron Fox back into the Sacramento Kings starting lineup doesn't change the fact that this is a brutal matchup against the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, it is a tough one, man. It is a tough one. I came out last segment and I said, I think the Kings are going to win. Um, that I just want to be clear. That's that's not no looking at Philadelphia like some kind of pushover or whatever. But I look at some of the Kings need to respond. Yeah, they they, they definitely need to respond. I look at the way the Sixers roster is right now, though, without Melton, without um, Maxi, Harden trying to work his way back in, and I see an opportunity to get these guys when they're maybe not at full strength or you know at full throttle or anything like that. So. I think the Kings can get them tonight. I see it more I think as they, will uh, get them tonight. they haven't. They've lost two games in a row. As we're all aware, they've lost three and four games in a row. But I don't think they've had two poor performances mm-hmm. in a row. Mm-hmm. And that performance against the New York Knicks uh, was bad. Yeah. Uh, but Jason Jones' performance on the latest J Street Vibes podcast uh, was fantastic. Uh, oh wow! Who did he give us? He, he took a shot at somebody again. So I forgot. Well, he, you took a shot at Cal. Well, I did take a shot. At so Cal. you probably unfairly might I add. Uh, it was it was uncalled for. Uh, Cal it wasn't was bothering anybody. Jason was just doing the podcast, Cal and you took a shot at Cal. A game. I mean, leave us alone. I mean, God. I mean, that it was just so rude and unfair. I mean, I like Cal too. That's the crazy thing. Bad enough. I I like Cal too. That's the crazy thing. I like Cal. The the Lakers are the best of Jason's teams right now. <laughs> Hey, the Lakers are on the come up. They're I don't know. I'll, I'll take it. I, I don't know how high that ladder goes, but they're they're playing well, and Anthony Davis is playing eight. insane. I'll take it. Oh, he I'll took a it. shot at the Clippers. That's what he did. He took, that was well. Before. I just stated facts about the Clippers. I didn't take a shot at them. That you know, if, if, <laughs> the win, if the Clippers win in L.A., does anyone care? And like all nine of their fans care. Wow. Clipper Daryl rolling over in his grave right now. Clipper Daryl's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> At least not that I'm not that I'm aware Steve of. Steve Ballmer rub, rubbing somebody's thighs. Well, right now. that's that happens in elation. That happens and every game, you know. Yeah, that's that's an HR violation for sure. <laughs> if you ever see the clip of that happened, the guys, oh! the guys like, bro, what are like, you? Like, like, your hands it off it like is that. aggressive. It is really aggressive. I'm the He'd be like, man, we up by three in the second quarter. <laughs> I don't care how much money you make. Get your hands off my thigh. And homeboy next to him be sitting there like, okay, yeah, we're win- yeah they're, they're winning. Unbelievable. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is back tonight. I know you guys talked extensively uh, about this on, on, on the podcast. Um, what does De'Aaron's return mean uh, for the Kings in this particular game against Philly? It means uh, – Maybe that quite simply they can attack a lot. You know, maybe you try to put more pressure on Embiid defensively. You know, get get De'Aaron going downhill and mm. really just you're, you're you're back at full strength. And De'Aaron has a tendency when he does get hurt, he he's really not out that long. So I don't think they should be so off after a couple of games to where he just can't jump right back in. And like we said on the pod, even if you fall down by ten fifteen against Philly, they're going to let you back in. I mean, mm. that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And that's what feels like it's been glaringly absent the last two games is what Jay just mentioned right there. The Kings attacking the basket. Yeah. Yeah. I think that when you have De'Aaron out there, we talked about this on the show. We talked about it on the pod. But it's, it is really one of those things where – 
it just puts everybody back in their proper place. Now mm-hmm. you got Davion, who not saying he can't be a starter in this league, but I think right now his game, and for this team specifically, is better suited to come off the bench, be a guy that locks in defensively and you know gives that type of energy. Whereas when you ask him to start, you know, Davion, if we're going to win, we probably need 15 to 17. You know, we need you to distribute the ball. Oh, yeah, and you still need to be that defender that we're talking about too. That's a lot on him right now. So Fox coming back, you know, at the very least, no numbers aside, puts guys like Davion Mitchell back in their more comfortable spot right now. Oh, definitely. And then, you know, makes life easier on Sabonis. Mm-hmm. Makes everyone's life easier, you know. You know, Kevin Hurd is going to get much different looks when people realize that if De'Aaron gets downhill, he just naturally draws two or three guys once he gets rolling, you know. Mm-hmm. Makes life easier on everybody. Malik, everyone. I just think, like I said, it sets everything, it sets everything back in order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Sixers like to play slow. Now, all of their numbers say they like to slow things down. Is it completely up to De'Aaron, Malik, Monk to make sure that that's not a possibility for them tonight? Because Mike that, was adamant that they played too slow against Milwaukee. And that, that to me, seems like it probably falls on, on De'Aaron and perhaps Malik quite a bit with the second unit. And I think also with the rebounding. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to rebound and you got to get the ball out and go. I mean, that Milwaukee game, they were getting hurt by second-chance points a lot too. Mm-hmm. You know, Lopez just walking into the paint and just, you know, once they pulled Sabonis from the basket, you know, Poor Harrison Barnes and Malik and those guys trying to box out Lopez was no match. And then you can't get out and run if you can't get the ball. Right. So I think you got to rebound better in those situations. And then I think Sabonis is a good enough outlet passer to also help the guards. It can't just be on De'Aaron, get the ball, and take off running. Sometimes that break's got to get started because you get a rebound and get the ball to De'Aaron at half court. Now he's got the ball with 22 seconds at half court. Mm-hmm. Now we can really go. Yeah. What would you do with Joel and B? You know, like there's not much anybody can do with them, but I know we talked to Kyle Draper and he talked about Boston, you know, when they were going back and forth with, with Philly a few years ago. Um, they had a lot of success doubling him once he put the ball on the ground and just kind of giving him maybe different looks and and having the double come from, from different angles and things of that nature. But it feels like he's a much better passer now than he was uh, maybe three, four years ago. So, I mean, what what would you do with this guy? I think you got to make him dribble. You got to force him to not get comfortable. I mean, I think when you see him struggle, a lot of times he's trying to get on with the ball and make a play off the bounce. And I'll take my chances with Joel Embiid dribbling the ball to get a basket from, say, 15, whatever, 12, 15 out than I would him just camping out or just getting a you know a standing, you know, open look from the perimeter. Mm-hmm. I think you, I think defensively you got to make him work. Mm-hmm. Try to pull him away from the basket. I mean, it's easier said than done. He's really one of the better defensive bigs in the league, but you got to make him work. You can't, you know, and I think the Kings have an advantage in that Sabonis will make him have to work. He's much, you know, a much bigger human being than Sabonis, <laughs> but, you know, you got to do, you got to do things different. You got to put him in pick and rolls. You got to make, mm-hmm. you just got to make him work Yeah, because he's going to, he's going to roll out of bed and get you 25 and 12 probably. Right. But you can't have is like that fifty-three point game he just had. You can't have him doing those forty and twenties on you. You know, if you're going to stay in the game, keep him in that, like I said, twenty-five point range. But he's going to get that, you know, just because he's out there and he's going to get calls to get to the line. But yeah, defensively, you got to show him different things. And like I said, try to force him into turnovers. Mm-hmm. You know, make him try to be a decision maker off the bounce, not a decision maker on the block where he can kind of stand around and survey. Mm-hmm. Make him have to do things off the bounce. Uh, December 23rd, the Sacramento Kings take on uh, the Washington basketball team. We've got your tickets for that right now. Caller number 3-916-909-1320. Again, caller number 3-916-909-1320. December 30, uh, 23rd, uh, the Sacramento Kings at the Golden One Center. Uh, Is that because we don't want to offend Harry Potter fans and magicians and... Well, now that the contest is over, I can tell you, for some reason that I've never understood, we're not allowed to say Wizards. We're not allowed to say the nickname of the opposing team. So we can say Washington or Portland or Chicago, and we can say the Sacramento Kings, but for some reason we can't say Wizards or Trailblazers. I don't understand it. I don't understand it either. I've never asked. It's just like, all right, whatever. 
Or you still those one ads that'll say the big game in February. That's right. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to use the Super Bowl as it's tied to a contest. You have to say the 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 big game or the game or just allude to it. Yeah. Because no one knows what you're talking no, about, no, 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 and we have to just treat everybody as if they're stupid. It's crazy. <laughs> like, what the, game were they talking about? A football game in February? Uh, second weekend? A big mm. game? What? <laughs> Cal and Stanford must, got moved to February. The Pro Bowl, right? It's the Pro Bowl. It's the Pro Bowl. It's the Pro Bowl. The interesting thing is, like, even with the Super Bowl, like, I can understand, like, if we trade market and you're, you know, using it to some financial gain, mm-hmm. you need to pay us. Yeah, I get So it. I get that. Mm-hmm. This whole thing with the Kings playing Washington, I don't get that. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. Because the Sacramento Kings and the Washington Wizards are owned by the same entity. <laughs> so, like, what is actually the issue right here? Again, there was no fine print in this. It was just like, don't say Wizards. All right, bro. Like, just give me the tickets. It's, it's fine. No one cares. You're playing one of two Los Angeles teams. That's what one. <laughs> You'll find out when you get there. Oh, is today, is today a, start, a 4 o'clock start? My phone just, I thought it was a 4.30. I, think, I thought I it was 4.32, but somebody said 4. Yeah, my, my my phone just alerted me. That it is because I got the alert about the injuries at two thirty. That's ninety minutes out. Yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. So hey, we're taking you all the way up until all tip, baby. Tip off, baby. Um, Harden and 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 Embiid. Not not necessarily tonight, but overall, is that something you think? This is a team, the Philadelphia 76ers, It's championship or bust. Like, there's no like they they need to be at least in the NBA Finals. Do you see that working? No. Okay. I just don't. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust James past April. Mm. I mean, his history Facts. has shown yeah. the further he goes, eventually he's just going to decline. And we're talking about an older James Harden. Yeah. This is a, this is an MVP James Harden. Wow. You know, and I just I just can't see it. I just don't. I mean, you look at the pieces they have on that team. I like Tyrese Maxey when he's available. But, I mean, my man P.J. Tucker, I mean, how much longer can he be uh, counted on to be that guy to hold things together? Right. Tobias Harris is a – Tobias Harris. I mean, they're just – I wonder if the year they lost to Toronto was their peak. I think so. Or the Atlanta year. I mean, you, they probably – I don't know if they would have had enough to beat Milwaukee, but they were number one seed when they lost to Atlanta. Yeah, I just I just wonder if they've peaked already. You know, I just don't I don't, I don't see how much better they can get if J, they got to rely on thirty plus year old James Harden to be what he was for Mike D'Antoni in Houston. I don't, I just don't see it. Yeah, and the other thing about James too is how does he, um, how does he kind of accept this this part of his career? Right, like you talked about it last night. He doesn't have the quickest first step anymore. He's a little bigger than he was, you know, in in his prime. He's a step slower. How does he adjust? I talked about, like, at the end of the game. That ball is probably going to Joel, and James is going to be like a spot-up shooter. We haven't seen him in his career, aside from maybe OKC, be okay with the second fiddle-type role. How does he accept that here in Philadelphia or anywhere else in, in the latter part of his career? And the thing is, they need him to be more than just that. They just can't rely on him to just kind of be a secondary type guy. They need him to be near an all-star level player or mm-hmm. at an all-star level to be, you know, to be a championship contender. And can he do it in spurts? I think he can, but is he going to be that 30 something? And plus remember the rules change. He can't get his 15, to 18 free throws a night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so much of his game was understanding the rules and saying, okay, watch this. Let me swing through, get my two free throws. And all of a sudden he's got 20 points, but he's taking eight shots. You know, if he can't get that and then with the if he's not as quick, he's not getting the same calls, you know, guys don't have to reach as much to guard him. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he is you know, a top ten player like that anymore where you where you say, Okay, we got a plan for him like an MVP. You gotta do it with Joel, but it, but you but you can't necessarily with James, which is why you needed to bias Harris to be maybe better than what you, what he's been. You need 
you can't have PJ not PJ Brown, PJ Tucker. I mean, they got PJ Brown. We got real problems. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> PJ Tucker, a fashion icon, though. That's what he's good for. Oh, yeah. He's he's good for the walk into the game, and then after that, it's just kind of a coin flip. Did PJ yeah, score tonight? <laughs> you can't be a three and D guy with no three. You know. <laughs> you know yeah. So I mean, they. I, I just don't know if this team can get past the second round of the playoffs. I just I just don't know. I mean, yeah. I think they, they'll probably be a top four team in the East, but mm. I wouldn't take them ahead of Boston, Milwaukee. Yep. yep. Cleveland. You know, Cleveland. This is for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel like they I feel like they had a legit championship window and it like slammed shut during the, the Ben Simmons nonsense in which they just refused to yeah. move on from him and essentially wasted an entire season. Well, well, even then, even to the point that Jason said, I mean, the biggest, the biggest travesty of all this is letting Jimmy Butler go. Oh, I thought for that, sure. I thought that was the perfect city for him, the perfect team, the perfect group. They were about to do big things. They had him there. Feels like he wanted to stay there. And for whatever reason, they whether they didn't give him money or they didn't want to change a coach or whatever, they weren't able to bring him back. And that, you know, Jason talks about losing to Toronto. That's probably when everything died for Philly. Mm. Yeah, and when you had Jimmy, you have to worry about Ben in the fourth quarter because Jimmy had the ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Ben could kind of do whatever it is Ben does. And without Jimmy Butler, you put all you put even more focus on what you know Ben Simmons couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Then he became the scapegoat for that Atlanta series, which I thought was completely unfair. He was terrible, but didn't him B have like ten turnovers that game? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it was amazing how that whole series got blamed on one guy. They lost three games at home. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not here like to cape for Ben Simmons, but I just thought it was I still find it interesting that entire series is still blamed on that one guy, as if we all didn't watch that series and didn't watch Joel not play well and Doc make questionable decisions and all those other things that went wrong. But Ben was an easy scapegoat. Ben's not there, and they still probably won't win a championship. So I guess we can probably, they'll probably be blaming Ben for the next five to seven years. You know. <laughs> how the Ben Simmons years set them back as if they didn't contribute to Ben being the way he is right. or was with them as if he just showed up and they was like, we don't know why he's doing this. Why mm. is he not being accountable? Right. Maybe because you guys created a culture where losing was okay. Mm. And, you know, and then you decided no, now it's time to win. He's like, but I like this. I was chilling. Hmm. Yeah. I got a max deal. Yeah. Switch gears here for a minute, if you if you don't mind, and we'll get back to the Kings and the, sure. and the Sixers in that game tonight. You wrote extensively about the Shaq documentary. The, the mm-hmm. I think it's a four part series. I tried to get into it. I watched the first episode. I didn't really feel like it hooked me. I haven't gone back to it. What's your What's your review of that documentary, and um, you know what you wrote about it? See, for me, I had to get past the first one. Okay. Once you get to the second and the third, you okay. start getting. As a Shaq guy, I knew a lot of that stuff. Okay. When you get into the later episodes, when he's talking about being hooked on painkillers, and you know, you got Gary Vitti crying, saying that I should have told the media how much pain Shaq was really in, mm-hmm. like that O three year where he, you know, remember the whole I heal on company time. Mm-hmm. We really didn't know how much pain he really was in, mm-hmm. and he goes into you know. If I didn't take a painkiller or two, he's a he's so say take one. I'm a big dude. I'll take two of them. Now I'm sleep half the day. Mm. Now mm. I've got you know blood when I use the bathroom, but I feel good when I play. Mm. And the way he described it to me was that he could be he could have a good game without the painkillers, but he couldldn't be Shaq without them. Mm. And I, I that's a part that I had never really heard him talk about. He talked about extensively how you know shockingly professional athletes cheat on their wives. I mean, I know no one would ever believe that, but he kind of gets into how it affected his family and how he really loved two women in his life. And he, and basically being rich and young and stupid, he lost them both Hmm. and talking about coming home in Miami and that house is empty. And if it's Shaq, it's a pretty big house. Hmm. And he said, really the only thing that kept him sane was playing basketball still because, you know, you know, wife was gone. And, you know, he talks about stuff like, to me, those were the, you know, not, once you get past the first episode, getting into those moments, him talking about his insomnia after his sister and Kobe died. The mm-hmm. fact that he regrets that 
he talked about it too before, but how Kobe never called him. He didn't call Kobe. Now he can never call Kobe again. Hmm. And it wasn't that they were beefing at the time Kobe died. It's just the idea that you got two, you know, bullheaded guys and they might not have been mad at each other, but they, they certainly like going like, Hey, let's go hang out. And, you know, he blames himself and he kind of beats himself up a lot about the whole idea that, you know what? I don't call people, you know, my sister died. I think his sister died at 40. Hmm. He talks about how that he just couldn't sleep. And he was like, he can't go to bed before 5 a.m. He just stays up all night because he said he just can't sleep. And he said, so to me, those were the moments where I just kind of said, wow, those were, that's what I was there for, man. I know about his career. I know about, you know, you know, breaking the rims and all that stuff, Reebok. And also that they get into the stuff where they actually talked to Penny about him leaving Orlando. Now, he never talked to Penny before he left. He just, you know, I remember he he said he. I think it was on the thirty for thirty of that Magic team, and on that on that episode, he's sitting next to Penny, and I think Dennis Scott or somebody. And he, I think he apologized there. He was like, "I didn't handle that right, guys. Like I, you know, whether or not I was going to stay or not, that's one thing. But I didn't I didn't handle that right. I find Shaq kind of fascinating when you get him." in real moments, right? When he's not being like Shaq, the personality and, you know, and a lot of bravado and stuff like that. When there are moments when there's interviews or, you know, documentaries, well, I want to see this one too, where he talks like a real person and, um, and he opens up a lot. Like he's, he's pretty interesting uh, when he does get to that point. Yeah. The director, I talked to him for the story too. Mm -hmm. He talks about how sometimes he's let the camera roll. And some of the good stuff he got was just letting the camera roll when they were done talking. Hmm. And that's where he talked about the insomnia. They were like, can we see you tomorrow? He's like, no, I don't get up before. I don't go to bed till five. Hmm. He said, we can't do no early morning thing. He said, I can't sleep. They're like, why not? He said, I can't, I haven't slept since, you know, Kobe and my sister died. Hmm. And they died within three months of each other, I believe. Hmm. And so he, you know, and like you said, when he really gets into like, when he, like, when he talked about his marriage's ending and, and I talked to him for the story. He said he just thanks God his kids still talk to him. Because hmm. every inter- interview was oldest daughter. She was like, well, he was there, but he really wasn't present. Like, I would see him, but it wasn't like he was dad there all the time. Yeah. And so when he gets into those moments and, and you, like I said, you don't hear a lot of professional athletes admit, hey, maybe me being in the streets all the time was a bad idea. Hmm. <laughs> you don't hear a lot of guys just open up and say that. And when I I was talking to him, I'm like, you know, hey, I've been through a divorce. He's been through a divorce. Some of those feelings you go through in that moment transcend money. There's just human feelings you feel about, man, I'm used to coming home from, you know, I was used to coming home from a Kings game from working and having seeing my kids. He's used to playing and seeing you come home and like it's empty in here. It's Mm -hmm. quiet. It's, you know, him, him talking about that. And to me, those were the cool moments and hearing people how basically the Lakers old trainer Gary Beatty said Shaq played too much. Like mm. sometimes that childish stuff wasn't funny. <laughs> He's got to start by basically Shaq was playing and smacked him. Mm. And he had to like take a pain shot because, you know, Shaq's a big guy. And he's, mm-hmm. like, he's like, I want to kill him. But the, the common denominator is everyone still loves the big guy. Everyone loves Shaq. Mm. They're like, even when he made you mad, there was a genuineness about him where you couldn't help but love him. Like I said, you got Gary Vitti crying because he was like, I should have leaked to the media how much pain Shaq was really in and what he really had to play through. Because during his career, he took a lot of uh, criticism for not being a real leader and not being serious enough. And they even go into the fact of how much, you know, the, the, you know, the kind of the force it takes for him to run. Like, he played it up to 400 pounds mm. and the amount of force that puts on your joints to be that big and to still move that fast. I mean, there's a, there's some fascinating things as he get into it later where he kind of opens up, talks about all that stuff as well. So I, like I said, as a guy who's like a big shack guy, I definitely learned some things I had never heard him talk about. Yeah. And, well, this hooked me more than the first episode. Ian. <laughs> this this conversation's got me significantly more interested in the next three episodes than I the first one. I had an advantage too, though, Damien. I got to watch all four straight. I okay. got them early, so mm-hmm. I watched it four in a row. So 
I feel you on the first one, but I watched them all straight. So watching them back to back to back, it was like, okay, hmm. Oh, why? And then by the end, I was like, damn, this is like the stuff. You know, I, I feel like there's also an element of Shaq being Shaq in the first episode. Yeah. Where, and, it, and it sounds like, by the way you described it, that doesn't appear to be the case through the next three episodes. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of the personality Shaq mm-hmm. in the first episode. And it was like, oh, I was I felt like I was watching wrestling. Like, mm-hmm. this is a work. This there's, is like they're telling me a story here. And I don't know if this story is real or not. There's Shaq and then there's Shaquille O'Neal. Y- yeah. OK. Yeah. And when they get into his kids talking. Yeah. You get into his kids and his mom and, you know. You know, like I said, you know, you get they get they get Pat Riley in there talking about him, the argument they had when they traded him to Phoenix, mm. <laughs> all that kind of stuff, and him opening up about what it was like at the end of your career when you realize you're not really good any as good as you were, mm. still out there. You know, you get into all that stuff later on. That, yeah, I, I feel you know early on it's kind of like okay, yeah, we've seen this before, but the further you go, the more it's like wow, this stuff is pretty good. You know, the the we ironically we're talking about the Kings and. Sixers and Joel Embiid and and how dominant of a big man he is in today's game and he's unbelievable. You know, for guys like, you know, Jesse who's, you know, early 20s, the phenomenon that was Shaquille O'Neal oh, man. when he stepped on the scene. I mean, for him to be that big and like even the way they play the game, like you see Joel, he's this big 7-1, you know, guy and Joel's kind of you know, spinning away and shooting fadeaways and shooting a three. Shaq was playing basketball how every kid thought they would play basketball if they were the biggest guy in school. <laughs> like, he was like, no, I'm bigger than everybody. I can jump. I'm going to tear the rim down. I'm dunking on everybody's head. Like, he played like that. It, looking back, I didn't appreciate it really at the time, but looking back, it's it's amazing what he was able to do at that size. Yeah, he did some things where you look back and go, oh, my God, like, how was that even fair? I mean, anytime they keep changing rules to adjust to you, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the stuff, you know, and and I think a, a lot of times you get a better appreciation if you could ever be around Shaq in person. You know, I've been around a lot of, you know, NBA centers, and Vlade is not a little guy. Mm-hmm. He looks like a little guy next to Shaq. Mm-hmm. And I think people just didn't appreciate how big, just this physically big Shaq is, and this the skill. I mean, his footwork was something to behold. Like you, they, they start going into you know his spin moves and how he got to the rim and you know and another favorite part for me is the referee. Had, I think it was Bob Delaney on there, pretty much saying, "Yeah, we probably didn't referee him fair his whole career, hmm. you know, because it took so much to knock him down. We let guys probably just tackle him unfairly, just you know run into him, you know. So I mean, there's yeah, but yeah, this the I, I remember. Think a lot of time, I remember yeah. the New Jersey backboard that he tore That's down when the crazy. shot clock hit him. Oh my god! But the one that he did in Phoenix, where the whole extension just like went down in like slow motion, it just went down <laughs> back and forth before it was just basically sitting on the floor. Isn't like I don't think we've seen anyone do that since him. No, no, no. we haven't. I think- They've had to have like restructured basket, <laughs> yeah. you know, basketball extensions to keep that from happening because of him. Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen anyone do what he did to Chris Dudley either. Oh, that oh that's well. <laughs> Chris Dudley was, threw the ball out. <laughs> that is still to me Chris Dudley the most over. disrespectful dunk I have ever seen in my life. I mean, just the way he did that. <laughs> I mean, what could you do? He just got so mad he threw the ball at him. Like, Chris Dudley's what? reaction makes it so much worse because that's like that's literally what you do on the playground. You just you yeah, just throw the ball he, at him. What have you did? Throw this ball at you. <laughs> he threw it at him from hella far away. Yeah, too. Shaq was at half court. There was no sting on the ball at all by the time it got to Shaq. <laughs> he caught it like Debo does. <laughs> also, um, I just want to, you know, thank God that Shaq didn't really want to hit Brad Miller. Woo! Yeah. Ooh, that yeah. would have been. That would have been criminal charges. That would have been. That would have been nasty. Oof. Wow. Yeah, that would have been tough. That would have been nasty. I mean, like I said, that's Shaq is, you know, I've met Yao Ming. I've met Shaq. I've met Sean Bradley. Yao and Shaq are taller than, I mean, Yao and Sean are taller taller than Shaq. Shaq is still the biggest person I've ever met. Mm. And if, yeah, yeah, if he would have connected with Brad that day, you know, 
would have rewrote history in a bad way. Yao was significantly wider mm-hmm. than I thought. Like, Yao was gigantic. Yeah. I thought he was just a tall, skinny dude like Sean Bradley was. He was not. Yeah, he, he was, was thick. thick. He was a big. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're done. It's like, it's like dealing with we're a sophomore done. class. All right. We're, we're getting out of here on that. Degeneration <laughs> X is done for the day. <laughs> Jay, Jay, we appreciate you as always. Thank you, my brother. Thank no you, problem. Man. Anytime, guys. Catch you next week. Right, Jason man. Jones, co-host of the J Street Vibes <laughs> podcast. You can check out his work over at The Athletic. Uh, as well, Jay, I love. I, I, I mean, obviously, Jay enjoys covering the Kings and covering basketball. He really lights up when 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 you talk about something that he's really into, like Shaq. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's like, he, you, like I know he loves yeah. Shaq, and I, I like when he dropped that that article. The article's like a maybe a week, a couple weeks old. Like the the four part series has been out. I started it when it dropped, mm-hmm. and it is just like it's Shaq. Like, I, don't tell I me a story. Yeah. Like, I, I, like if, if you're going to do the these, yeah, you got to be real. And that's I don't know if that's the bar that these documentaries have set, if that's the bar that The Last Dance set. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like it gets into it gets into that. Not, and I don't think he was like lying or, right. you know, telling. I just think just he was a little guarded. He know? was. Yeah, he was being the guy that we see every Tuesday or Thursday night on, mm-hmm. on TNT, and it's like, I, yeah. I'll see him on Thursday. I don't need to see this. Yeah. I, know, I know the LSU story. I know the Orlando story. They just did a documentary on the Orlando story. I know um, a lot of people look at Shaq as, as, a, as a hater, and he has that hater feel to him sometimes. I can't, I can't front. But I think a lot of the times you know, he's, like, really real. And, and he's the type of guy who he'll, now that he's in the media, He'll be critical of these guys because he said, this is what I had to go through. Yeah. This is what it is. Like, so Joel Embiid, and I love that Joel takes it and, you know, listens to Shaq and Chuck. He's like, what you do is unacceptable, Joel. Get down on the block, dominate the game. Like, you're you're not playing good enough right now. And he, he says that because these are the things that he had to live with and he had to go through being the leader of his team. So sometimes people look at him as like a hater. I look at it as this is a guy that went through it. He's the epitome of I lived through this so I can talk about it. I feel like he's insecure. There is there is some of that to him. Especially, I, I got the ring shut. Google me, Chuck. Like, <laughs> you're freaking Shaquille O'Neal. That's, like, we know who That's a are. little bit of a work, though, too. That is a little bit of a work. I think one time they were really about to go – there was nah. there was one Shannon and Skip moment. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. One. I was absolutely thinking of Shannon. But the ninety nine percent of the time, that's a work. It's a I, don't, I don't know that I feel that <laughs> he way. Goes, he, I'll be like, Kenny, you know what I'm talking about? Well, Shaq, no, no, you don't know what the hell you're talking no, about. You've never stuff, won. Like that stuff, I get. Like that stuff, absolutely. That's part of the gimmick. Like I get that. Yeah. But I, I feel like too many times he's just, dude, bro. You're the when you talk about the two most dominant big men in history, one most of us never saw mm-hmm. in Will Chamberlain, and you, mm-hmm. you are the most dominant big man of an entire generation. You don't have anything to prove. Yeah. No, I see the insecurities too. I do. I um, let's get Troy here real quick before the show's over. 916-909-1320. What's happening, Troy? T-Roy? Troy? That's all right, Troy. If you don't want to talk to us, that's fine. No, it's all love, Troy. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> you know where I met Shaquille O'Neal for the first time? 705 J Street, downtown Sacramento. <laughs> oh, snap. Club Rickies. Oh, snap. Shaq was in the building. That boy, no, he wasn't. He got out of the limo. One leg, two leg. Put his hands on the top and, like, pushed himself out. And just literally the biggest human being you've ever seen. Yeah. <sighs> Wasn't dressed to the manager's satisfaction. No. To Shaquille O'Neal? Shaquille O'Neal. Come on, man. Come on. That's that's unacceptable. That is yeah. unacceptable. Came over to us at the the van. Said, I can't be here. They won't let me in. I was like, no. What you, well, hold on. We went over. And then by that point, he was like, I'm just going to go somewhere else. And I think that. I don't remember if the Hard Rock was open at the oh, that the time. Hard Rock would be. I feel like he just went around the corner. Hard rock used like, to go did you really crazy. just like this is the same person? She did the same thing with Team Dime. Team Dime wasn't just send them all the way. And with Team Dime, it's like 10, 12. It's, yeah, it's a lot of people. 
You're turning all that money away, huh? Yeah. All right. You might that's have why, That's why it's a restaurant now. I think this was before Tonel. Oh. It's before Tonel. The Club Rickies. <laughs> That was a payday, boy. We're going to open club, club Rookies back up. Let's not. <laughs> Let's not. R.I.P. Reese Roundtree. Yeah, man. Um, did I leave this open? I did. Congratulations to Andy Thompson, the new Sac State men's basketball nice. uh, football coach. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Come on, Andy. Defensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, promoted. Uh, we had heard rumblings uh, about this for a few days uh, that Andy was going to be the guy. Uh, and in fact, that he is. He is Sac State's new head coach. I think that's good for the pro. Obviously, great for him. Mm-hmm. I think it's good for the program. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a way to build off of what Troy Taylor built. Yeah, for sure. And and he could probably do a good job of retaining some of these guys. Not all of them, obviously, but some of them are familiar with them and retain them. I can't believe I got the start time wrong the whole day. The game is literally six minutes. Tomorrow's game is four thirty. I have quadruple checked that. I thought both of them were at 4.30, and then Friday was at 4. This is a Damien type of start. You know, if they were in Sacramento, 7 o'clock start. I would want the 7.30 start. 7.30 isn't it's stupid. There's no. no point. Like, why? What's the point? Make sure everybody can get there. You can get there at 7. This is Sacramento. You can get there at 7. Just make sure You said you can get you anywhere eat. in 15 minutes. You can, can get there at 7. From from where I'm at. That's fine. Well, probably from here, too. We get We get to the arena pretty fast from here, too. Not 15 minutes. No, no, At no, least no. I don't. It's about 25 minutes or so. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, So go watch basketball. <laughs> go watch basketball. Join us tomorrow at noon. Uh, we'll review everything. Tomorrow's Wednesday, so James Ham will be with us. Um, and hopefully we get a Kings win. We're getting the Kings win. You heard it I want to drop Bye. Young Zell's uh, light the beam here on yeah, the show, Yeah, man. Too. Yeah, man. All right, let's go watch basketball. We'll see you here tomorrow at noon on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Go Kings! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 